Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and in our podcasts, we like to give a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. Then we share these stories with you via a blog and our podcast so that the world can see them shine, and in their shining, they give permission to others to shine as well. Today's guest is Anna Borich of ServiceNow. Anna, welcome. Hi, Susan. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks. So happy to know you. So um, folks, Anna and I have a mutual friend who is just a delightful, wonderful, brilliant woman named Nada Marriott. She introduced Anna to me. And so here we are today going to learn more about Anna and I'm super excited. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Anna. Sure. I'm very excited to be here and I'm very excited to meet, um, meet you, Susan. I'm, I'm very supportive of your mission, which is just incredible uh, to give voice to, to women uh, in, in industry. So I'm excited to be here. So I, um, I, um, I come from a small country in Eastern Europe, um, Serbia, and I moved here when I was about 18 um, for due to the turbulence really in the region <clears throat> and like many uh, young adults at the time left the country i was one of them as well and uh, i came here to to study really and begin a new life and i um, i graduated from university of michigan back in 99 with a degree in mechanical engineering wow <laughs> go blue right <laughs> go blue exactly the Wolverine. So I, um, it's, it's been an incredible ride ever since um, in my career. Awesome. That's awesome. So um, I love your accent and people say that I have an <laughs> accent too and I don't hear it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we appreciate the diversity, right? Yes, totally. I think it's beautiful. And I think we need to make room in our lives to be um, curious about the other whatever you define the other as instead of you know first of all we were not tolerant especially in the corporate world and that just sickens me second of all Agreed. the phase was uh, oh let's be tolerant of diversity and i'm like what is tolerant of diversity we should embrace diversity and Absolutely. so now i always teach that we should be curious about someone else and their history and their story which is the purpose of this podcast so tell us a little more about what you do today. Yeah, definitely. So I um, went on from University of Michigan, Michigan to work for a consulting company, a name Accenture, which I'm sure many of the listeners, listeners may be aware of. Very and, familiar, yeah. <laughs> and I started in the technology space, but my path took me um, through basically working with different companies in services, right, as a, as a consultant. And I... Uh, at about point five, about five years into my career, I was here in the Bay Area where I live currently and started working. I was at the Gap and um, I landed on a team called Technology Adoption, which introduced me to a completely different uh, methodology, if you will, and branch of work called change management. And uh, I was hooked from then on and never looked back. <laughs> yes, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and that's so... It's never easy, though. Tell me, you know, 
tell me a little more about what change man I know what change management oh, is. Oh good. Some people don't know the elements. Like there it can be tough. You know, change is hard. You're like a disruptor and you have to herd all the, you know, people who've done it a certain way for so many years. So tell us a little bit about your time as uh, a change manager or a change agent. Yeah, I, I love that you that you know about it uh, because many people don't, and it's still relatively it's still a growing growing uh, branch of of, uh, of work. But in a nutshell, and change management, if you look at program management, right? Program management is about managing schedule, right, to 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 achieve an outcome. Uh, whereas change management it runs in parallel, if you will, to program management. And it's about managing people uh, to achieve that desired outcome. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's really a kind of a structured approach to helping people um, to adopt a change, right? whether it be a change in technology, change in process, change in the org structure. And so that's what I do. I sort of help organizations to and individuals within organizations and groups to get from point A to point B. Well, let me ask you a little bit of a provocative question along those lines. Um, sure. I do a lot of training and I teach people that you can't change corporate culture, but you can change one mind at a time, top to bottom, inside out, left to right. It doesn't matter. You got to start everywhere. You can't just go do some retreat with the senior executives and expect the whole organization to buy into whatever their thought beliefs are or whatever um, you know, their new corporate dictates might be. So in change management, do you find um, you have to work with people's individuals, you know, with individuals' thoughts and attitudes before you can change their behaviors? Or do you find that there is, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I've, I've always believed you can't just change a corporate culture. You have to actually start with one person at a time. That's very, very true. Um, I think there's two sort of, um, paradigms there. One is that definitely change starts at the individual level. So through change management approaches, we build awareness in each and every individual and organization and then take them through the journey, right, which often includes people being resilient to to what's changing, especially if it impacts what they actually do on day-to-day -day basis. So there's that resistance, right, that we need to manage within individuals. So it definitely starts um, with specific, you know, with, with each and every individual and bringing them along the journey um, of that change. It's just that through through activities like mass, you know, communications and training, we're able to do that in a group, right, and hopefully bring that um, bring that change along to more than just one individual at a time. Um, the other piece of the the coin that um, that I mentioned is the actually the one of the most effective ways obviously is to start with the leadership um, team and have leaders in organizations support that change and be not only voices but actually demonstrating um, with their own change in behavior of, of what's expected and you know what is the mindset right that, that they in of themselves carry uh, throughout their day. So that's also very important because people look up to other people, right? Especially if it's your boss um, or authority. And so it's important to address elements of change from both individual and the leadership side. Right, right. I love that you um, 
So you could have very well had the courage to call me wrong if I was wrong, but boy, am I relieved that you said you're right. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I always say, you know, it takes like one little step at a time, right? It's not exactly. one action. It's not that, you know, one executive meeting and now we solved it. It's really a set of actions, right? And, and my job as a, as a change lead is to orchestrate the appropriate set of actions so that we can and get there, right? So we can get to the to be state of the organization and also to make sure that we manage the risk right along the way. Um, because it's not just about, okay, let's change the behavior. Often there are impacts, right, to different personas that are involved in a specific change, including customers and clients. So it's important to, to manage the change from all levels, all personas that are involved because their impacts, but it could be huge. Uh, if the change risks are not managed correctly, um, the rollouts, deployments that happen within services or products organization can be detrimental to a company. So it's, um, it's also just as much as journey management, it's also risk management. And change yeah. managers help in that regard too. Um, That's awesome. Do you think it takes a little bit of um, human psychology there? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We know, we know how to um, how we can change individual level and 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 what that takes as well, and uh, and certainly changing that paradigm, changing the mindset, you know, for people that uh, for everybody, for all individuals, but especially for people that may be resisting, is something we actually have to work through. Um, so that's that's yeah. very important. Um, but to finish yeah. off, just really quickly, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that um, you asked me sort of to finish off the path there. So change management got introduced about, mm, I'm saying no, probably about 15 years ago. And so that changed completely my sort of from technology all the way to, um, to, to people side. And uh, now I work for a company, like you mentioned, ServiceNow, and I work on IT strategic initiatives team, which... Um, which um, is responsible for bringing to life new and innovative apps uh, to applications to our customers. And so I help with, um, with inserting change management uh, activities early in that incubation process where the apps are just being created, uh, which is kind of a different, slightly more progressive, I think, approach that ServiceNow took. I'm really proud of that. Awesome. That yeah. sounds incredible. So let me ask you this. So do you do you think that you bring the end user element to the app early on? Like, so what will this, what does this mean to me? Or how will this impact me? Or how will I use it? Is this easy for me to use? What will it? What exactly. That's yeah. exactly it. So rather than so often, right, people think of change management as, oh, it's just communications and it's training. Uh, let's just do it right right before we roll out. Um, this is different in, in exactly the way you just stated, right? So yeah. it brings the change management activities early on, right? Understanding what are the impacts to different people that are involved in the change so and how do we address important. it? Yeah. 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 So i um, that is so critical because, and, and, and bravo to you being a woman doing this, because here's what I know to be true. Part of what I train on is women um, are preventive. 
So we will come in early on and prevent some chaos from ensuing or problems from happening. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Men generally, for sure. Let, yeah. So men generally let it happen, and then they are the white knight who comes in and fixes it or cleans it up after. Um, which is why they get so recognized for certain behaviors and things that they've done and women don't they get the award for um, doing something great but women have to prove themselves again and again and again and here you are coming in and making sure we're not having to go back and fix things or oh we've heard from our current global users that this is a problem so we're going to change our you know we're going to call it version two but instead, you get it right up front before you launch it to the public. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. So we're trying to insert the elements of, right, all those elements, right, awareness, understanding the impacts, addressing, making sure that we're building transparency along the way, rather than leaving it for last minute, which is very disruptive, right? It could be very disruptive totally. to an organization and to customers as well. So again, the impacts, it depends on who is involved in the work, but at the end of the day, right, all good organizations, right, have a sight on their customers, their customer experience. And certainly if something is changing with an organization, it typically ends up being reflected over in customer relationships. So it's awesome. so important, so important to build it. Yeah, so this is, this is what I do. I absolutely adore <laughs> this space and maybe precisely for the reasons that you said that it's challenging. Yes. And uh, for us as women also, Especially as women. Yes. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge. And, um, but I think we have a knack for that. We are communicators. We are also information gatherers and picking up on, on the different pulses through, throughout the organization and picking up on information that we need to, to make decisions. Right. And to provide the right set of guidance is, I think, what we're really great at. So. Studies show that women are more intuitive and more inclined to um, read people better than men. And to uh, understand the impact, we're, em we're empathetic. We um, care about equality and establishing uh, emotional balance. So all of these things are key when you're trying to translate tech into human behavior. Uh, you know, what the end user will experience when using the apps that you've worked on. So it's great that you think about that up front. Um, and I'm so glad that you're training people as well. So that's, that's so important, the uh, role of a trainer. Yeah, thank you. So I have to say that um, people think I go in there and try. One man wrote me an email and said, I'd like to talk to you about your training. I want to know <laughs> what it is that women are doing wrong. <laughs> and, I laughed, and I was like, well, you're the reason I am highly successful. <laughs> Let me just say. That's beautiful. That's yeah. awesome. But I'm not trying to change necessarily women's behavior or men's behavior. I'm trying to change the system. So. Yep. We have to understand that the system was created by white men and that's just not the world we live in. And the sooner we can change that form of communication, whether it's a corporate dictate or, you know, the mission, vision, strategy, the history of the corporation, all that's white male language. Yeah. Um, you know, all that's, you know, created by and, and all these operating systems are white males. So for those of us who are women or other minorities trying to navigate within this operating system has it, they, you know, there are a lot of struggles that come along with that. So instead of being that trainer that 
for example, got in trouble with Ernst and Young in the past 24 hours. Instead of being that trainer, he goes in and says, women, you need to change yourselves to do this or, you know, behave in a way that's different than that. Um, instead, I'm trying to change the system. I'm saying that, you know, Anna needs to be Anna and be appreciated for being Anna and bringing the unique set of tools and skills that Anna brings to the table, not become Bob. Yep. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a lot of great, great professional accomplishments. Accenture is a very well-known company. And now I can't wait to get to know more about service (laughs) and share it with the world. Um, I think you are ahead of the curve with what, you know, most people understand about technology um, because you're in that business, but also you, you have a gift of putting the explanation in layman's terms. So thank you. Thank you for that. Tell us a little bit about your proudest professional accomplishment. Oh, there's, this was, this is a tough question <laughs> because picking up Why on one that. No luck, no luck. <laughs> Let me go back. Let me correct that. No luck involved. <laughs> no luck involved. Exactly. Right. No luck involved. But um <laughs> You know, there, there, there are several that I'm really, really proud of. Um, awesome. But uh, one that I would highlight is um, probably my last, my last, because I, I actually left Accenture last year, and so I'm pretty new to service now. But I've been with Accenture for well, that would be 18 years actually in the making. So I had many different hats and did lots of different work. But one that I'm really proud of is. Um, it actually has to do with these differences uh, between people. And and so it was a project that we did where we had a six-week deadline to completely revamp business processes uh, for a particular function. But the challenge wasn't just the work and the workload. Um, It was actually, the challenge was in the fact that there were two schools of thought between two different teams that needed to come together in order to deliver about 20 or so processes, complete revamp of them. And my job was to get the team to get along and do the work. (laughs) You know, we say ombudsman. I wonder if we should say ombudsperson. Uh, Yeah, I'm the ombudsperson. (laughs) So my job was to unite them, to come to an agreement in the thought and, and do what's best to, you know, for the company and make sure that they design the processes in the way that it's going to work for both sides, both. Um, and really, it was a global process that we were designing. Wow. So lots of individual change management there. Does the, does the <laughs> phrase herding cats mean anything? Herding cats, yes. <laughs> so we had daily stand-ups where we would have meetings of four to five hours. Obviously, process design is, is very detailed. Um, exercise right but a lot of that was uh, you know um, you using the host to turn the fires down and you know right. making sure that we discuss after going through lessons learned on daily basis and so on so but we made it which is which was exciting and uh, I discovered a lot of myself in that process that a lot of what what yeah, I learned about myself that I, it's, it's a lot about when you have different, differing folks that differ in opinion and agreement, you sort of have to 
I try to to hone in on their own strengths and what they bring to the table. I think you mentioned that earlier. So what is what is it that you you can bring? You don't necessarily need to be involved in every single aspect, but what is your area of strength that you can bring to the team? And then joining that team in this in the thought that we are here to do what's best for the company for 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 organization not necessarily um, marrying to one person's or another person's uh, opinion and um and so i discovered that that that's part of part of it. there's there's um how could i say that it's a yeah, good thing yeah. to know what what person's yeah. strengths are and to get to know the individuals kind of what you do here in the podcast where you get to know them who they are what they bring to the table and then have that be the shining point and have that be the encourage and a motivator to complete the work you know anna it sounds like you know so so i teach a lot of getting to yes by fisher and yuri um which is principled negotiations versus uh positional and it yeah. sounds like we could use an Anna Borich in this country today. To bring <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love to learn more about that. <laughs> but we, yes, yeah, so we need you to bring the country <laughs> together. It sounds I'd like we that. should stick you between the Republicans and the Democrats and make you a <laughs> <this> nation. <laughs> yeah, diplomacy helps. <laughs> diplomacy helps for sure. Yeah, so that was an interesting project just because that people dynamic was so challenging, right? And, yeah. and the, you know, coming to agreements between them and managing, you know, their own change and their own expansion, you know, in, in, in their perception of what they, what they need to bring in on daily basis to deliver the work. So that was exciting from that perspective. And we, we made it, which, which made it even more and was noticed by leadership. So that was, that was a great accomplishment. Was this a customer-facing initiative, like the outcome, the end result, or was this internal only? You know, actually, it was internal, but what yeah. it was, it, it, it brought about an in, in, in change in just about every office. Wow. So over That's a thousand incredible. people were impacted in operations. That's so it amazing. wasn't, a, yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal and I a complete rebound. I are with us and understand the, the um, power of what you're talking about. So folks, just in a nutshell, and correct me if I'm wrong, Anna was the conduit through which two opposing forces were flowing and she had to make sense of the messaging coming from both sides and then create a reasonable, acceptable, workable outcome, and then present that to the higher-ups at her company. And that is not easy. Am I correct in that? You're thing? correct. Okay. Um, that is not easy because, one, we have a tendency uh, to pick a side. I mean, humans exactly. do that. Um, to remain neutral and to be able to see the benefit of how one side's views impact them in one way, and, oh, that makes sense for them, and how another side's views impact them in another way and say, oh, that makes sense for them. How can we make all of this come together and make sense for management or better our clients or customers? So that's not easy. Um, I would have probably gained 50 pounds doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> a little bit of stress. A little bit of stress. A bit of stress, yeah. <laughs> Well, tell me something. What? Who? Somebody along the way, probably more than one person, but you know, if you want to give a shout out, who has been a mentor to you, or even better yet, if you've had a sponsor? Yeah. Well, I have. Um, 
I, I, you know, a mentor, one mentor is so hard to pick, Susan. That's <laughs> one mentor. very good. I love to hear that. I love that. <laughs> Uh, that is just incredibly difficult to do. So let's I would, say one of your many mentors. So one of my many mentors. So um, when I think about this, I actually have three buckets of mentors. You know, nice. First bucket, well, first bucket, I would say, is people that I'm surrounded by. So this is, you know, your, you know, say, well, you know, you are a reflection of the sick people you interact with the most. I kind of agree that people that are you're surrounded by really impact your life. So this is starting with some strong women in my life, like my mother and my sister, uh, my stepmom, and some really strong men, like my father and my boss, and my boss's boss. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, so people that I'm surrounded by, my boss right now is a woman Wow. And Patricia Grant. Actually, my boss is my boss. Direct boss is a man who's just incredible, very transparent, and and, nice. and 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 an awesome supporter. And so that's a great thing. And I think that uh, we joked. Uh, I believe that right now he has more women than men on his team, and and uh, we're we're discussing making making sure that that's equal. <laughs> so that tells you what kind of a man my boss that is. That is awesome. So you have uh, an ally. There. It totally, and then and then our bosses, my boss's boss, and our boss is a woman named Patricia Grant, who was just actually named the transformational leader of the year. Wow! By the Women in IT um, Awards in Silicon of Silicon Valley. Witty, so, right? Or wit? Yeah. yeah, I know yes. that. That's, look, that is such a huge honor because it is your industry is rife with things that need to be fixed. I mean, it is a tough. It, women in tech have it the hardest of all, I believe, um, at least in this country for sure. But um, tell me a little bit. I want to ask you, um, what made her win? That? Like, why did she win that? You know, I think it's because so the, 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 what resonates here and, and it's warm to my heart is that she's the transformation leader of the year. Yeah. That's just, yeah. you know, speaks change, right? So not everybody and, knows what that means. I know because I teach transformational leadership, but tell me what, what yeah, does she, that mean? For those so Patricia know. brought to life, but she's this huge role model to women in general and really supports uh, supports women in IT. And again, like you said, it's so difficult, right, in technology. And she, her path certainly wasn't easy either um but uh but she brought to life several initiatives that really impacted the tax space as well and uh is in charge of both our team which is the strategic team rolling out these innovative apps but also a large pmo so program management office team which which conducts if you will and manages many projects within within it and service now so contribution actual hard work that she's put in is a reflection of this award that's incredible um, let me ask so, you something about her um sure. you may or may not know the answer to this question but did she take the role that was once held by a man I do not know the answer to that question. Okay. I know that a man brought her to the role, and that yeah. is the incredible CIO, Chris Beatty, who also was on the business insiders, insiders list of most innovative CIOs. So I don't know. Anna, but, I have to meet you in person and meet <laughs> all these incredible people and have this good juju rub off on me. This is great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just been, yeah, the, the group is, and the team is incredible, right? And, and so I'm so proud to be, be a part, you know, of, of the group. 
It yeah, so that's my first bucket. That's my yeah, first bucket, it Susan. Sounds to me, hang on one second. It sounds to me like ServiceNow is getting it right in the tech space. So it sounds to me, from what you're telling me, that women are welcomed in the tech space and treated with dignity and respect, and they have a voice that's heard. So I just wanted to give that little shout out to yeah. ServiceNow. Thank you very much for that. Really appreciate that. It's certainly been a, an, a, an awesome team to be a part of. And um, yeah, a couple of other buckets. One of the buckets for me is definitely the teachers that I've met along my path. And those are business leaders, such as yourself, the business leaders in public space, and also personal development leaders. So maybe a little bit of a controversial here individual like Tony Robbins, who I had a pleasure of, of uh, seeing in, in his seminars and being part of his leadership academy, people like Gary Vaynerchuk from VaynerMedia, um, but also some spiritual leaders like uh, Dr. David Hawkins, uh, also Gary Zukov, who <clears throat> wrote a, an, an amazing book named Seed of the Soul and, and is a guest often at Oprah Winfrey's show, and, and women like Melissa, Melinda, Melinda Gates, and um, Oprah again, and, and some of these individuals, Ellen DeGeneres, that, that are in public space, but they're really movers and shakers, right, of our society. So I appreciate them a lot, and they're definitely part of my, my bucket of, of, uh, of role models. So I love every podcast yeah. where someone of my guests, or my guest says Oprah. <laughs> always, I love that. Yeah, she's. If you speak Oprah or Brene Brown or Ellen DeGeneres, yeah. you are in my pocket. I forgot Brene Brown. How could I forget that? Because that was one of, <laughs> yes. She's big, incredible. big influence. She's incredible. And then, uh, but I think if I was to pick one um, role model throughout my childhood, has been Bruce Lee, actually. Wow. Why? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Bruce Lee for his hard work and yeah. also because that's the first movie I saw as a child Enter the Dragon I think it was one of wow, his yeah. top yeah. movies and and then I was in karate as a kid so you know that's that was a big reason Anna but then Boric, you just keep getting better and better, <laughs> and better. <laughs> I, I was a little karate kid I started training when I was about five and a half six Awesome. Yeah, something like that, and uh, and reached the heights of being one of the top kids in Serbia. Then <laughs> that is incredible. I love your story. Yeah, like well, my cheeks, know. so um, my cheeks are burning from smiling. I'm <laughs> the whole time. It's that kind talking. of insane, but you know, also as an adult, then I discovered that Bruce Lee isn't just a martial artist, right? I discovered that he has written and is truly a philosopher. Yeah, and so I I went in and studied some of what he said and uh, I, I post regularly about him and he's certainly one of those people who I one of the one of the individuals whose quotes and, and thoughts and thought leadership I cling to for sure so well I think that's fantastic and what a great great person to mention on this podcast so honestly <laughs> um I study a lot of the most influential people in history and I'm going to have to go check out Bruce Lee because you mentioned him. I know of his acting abilities, but I did not know the other things that you mentioned, his being uh, quite a writer and a philosopher. And so that's awesome. Go you and go. <laughs> well, let me ask you something that, that's very important to me. Uh, and I know to most of my listeners and probably to you or you would be on the show. Um, not that you wouldn't be invited. You would be. But 
most of the people who come on my show are all about lifting women and supporting women in business. How do you believe we should lift each other up? What would you advise? I love that. Um, and I love that mission, Susan, a lot. I mean, I, I definitely have a few things to say about that. I'm very passionate about this topic. Um, I think that first thing, as me personally, I made it part of my mission to share my life and what I know and what I learned on the journey, both professionally and personally, and to share that without reservation with other women and to support them in their, as they navigate right through their work and through their caregiving um, as well. I'm a mother of three and I know what, what it takes and the challenges, you know, to, to, to have both a, an aggressive career or even, even, you know, even if it wasn't aggressive, right, just to have a full-time job and raise a family or be a caregiver to elderly parents, right? So my mission is to, to, to really give the voice, my own voice, to the women that, that surround, surround me and share without, without reservation with them all that I know and that I can contribute to their lives. I love that. You know that I am a mother. Well, my son just moved off to college, but I'm still a mother. Probably more a mother now because he's not, a, you know, he's out of sight now. I'm like, oh, texting all day. How are you? Yes, for sure. It's not easy, <laughs> no. right? It's not easy to have that, you know, because it's a full-time job in reality, yeah. right? Parenting is. I also am the caregiver for my mother. So I don't know if not told you that, but yeah. So um, that is where my stress weight has come from and my daily you know, when I wake up each day, I try to mentally create my day, the day that I want it to be. And then before I go to bed each night, I try to reflect and see what did I learn from today? Because, you know, win or learn. That's a great practice. Lose. Yeah. That's a really great practice to, to do that and to have that gratitude at the end of oh, your yeah. day, for sure. Well, I can tell you, that's not every night. That's what I shoot for. Some nights I have a glass or two of wine and then of course of course yeah and gratitude comes in in multiple in multiple points it doesn't have to be at night it comes throughout the day right and and happens yeah. in the moments of of uh of some accomplishment or appreciation for another person or or you know just uh, our thought right about yeah. the blessings that we have in our lives so it comes at different moments you know when the sun shines i'm grateful exactly you know, so. yeah well, tell but, me what what has been a big challenge because it sounds like i know that everything hasn't been easy you have done a lot of amazing things and <laughs> it has not always been easy so what was a challenge that you overcame um well, I think that the biggest challenge for me was this exact right balance balance of of work and and parenting responsibilities and my own well being. So the story here is that after my so I have two teenagers now and and one younger child, and after my third one, the youngest, with every child. I gained about 20 pounds with each. So by the time I got the third one, I was at I was at 60 pounds weight gain. Welcome to my club. <laughs> and you know, and so 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 I so that, that over. I actually right after she was born. So not only was I 
overweight, but I had no help whatsoever from, from any, I, any family in the area. And I had a brand new boss. So if I could right. pick one challenging time in my life, that certainly stands out. <laughs> yeah, and those are a number of challenges. You know, and I also um, never thought about this until I read an article this morning about, you know, when you don't have set work schedules, it can be a challenge for the entire family structure. And, and for those of us, I was a single mom for a while as, you know, no help from others as well. So I feel you. Um, it can be very challenging for those who don't have a set uh, structure or can't make their own hours. So I am a huge fan of remote working or flex hours or whatever we can do to bring our whole selves to work. And I know a lot of people hate that phrase, but I love that phrase because I want to yeah. bring my whole self home too. I want to be able to you know, nurture the career woman that I am, as well as the mother and the wife and just me alone. All those things are me. You know, I can't, I shouldn't have to drop who I am from nine to five just to focus on the work because, you know, if my kid is sick at home, I'm going to be thinking. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, and on that journey, so I was lucky enough to, that actually I was working from home at the time. So that was helpful. Yes. And and I changed to probably a less of a, a challenge. It wasn't a, a role where I could um, advance fast, but I did that for the kids to find that balance. I still remained in the business world, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't follow that career path, that initial career path that I've set out just because it became challenging to do to raise three children and do everything else, right? That, that, uh, That's another example of where I want to change the system and not ask women to have to do what you did just to fit in. Exactly. Um, you know, a lot of, I have a friend named Marla Sofer who gives a talk on your elevator doesn't have to go straight to the top because she talks about the same thing, having to laterally move to accommodate for real life. And, um, you know, the system makes us have to do that. But if we look at how to reconfigure the system, perhaps we would be able to still move up and embrace um, the skills it takes to be a mom as well. You see what I'm saying? I absolutely see what you're saying. And that's exactly what we need to be doing, helping women advance, providing the resources and the, and the contacts and the support, right, that they need to advance. Right. So I didn't exactly right. So I, I'm an example where I just had to move laterally in order to even sustain right in business. Yeah. If I had more support, if I had a, a different structure to my life, I probably could have kept up with the with the challenges of, of remaining in the, you know, upper out career well, I street. that if you join forces with me, we can make that happen. <laughs> I would love to do that. I would love to do that. I adore and, and collaborating with other women. And I think that's where it's at. That's how we raise our, our voices. That's how yeah. we influence and provide power to other women. It's by making sure that we collaborate with like-minded women, right? To yeah. shift this collective mindset forward. Up well, and onwards. Um, I have. I, I generally ask some uh, my guests to tell us something surprising about themselves. But I've <laughs> learned so much surprising stuff about you. Uh, it's incredible. Um, but tell me something. Maybe other folks who know you may not know about you. Oh gosh. Well, um, I once won a prize for the best mathematician. Oh my goodness! In college. <laughs> 
There's a language I do not speak. <laughs> and and um, about three years ago, I decided to go back to some of, some of my childhood dreams, and I joined an acting school, a program, and I learned uh, the Meisner technique in acting, and I started to act and model a little bit for Tell local Bay Area companies. That's incredible. <laughs> so, so first of all, wait a minute. You are left brain and right brain. It sounds like you're, you know, you Daniel got it. Pink, you got yeah, it. Daniel Pink would love you. So he says the future belongs to the right brainers. It looks like you've got yourself, you know, all your bases covered. But tell me, what is the Meisner technique? So there's a, a gentleman named Sanford Meisner who was an actor, and he came up with this technique of acting where a lot of, actually, a lot of Hollywood actors use this technique as well and are educated in it. But what it is, it's almost therapeutic, I would say. Uh -huh. It's a method, whereas you tap into emotions that you have deep within you and then project that onwards rather than being like a character actor, right? And trying right. to pretend that you're somebody else, which is often, so it may not be so authentic. So this right. method teaches you to kind of act from within outwardly. And so Damn that's what I, I love about everybody that. Everybody needs to learn the Meisner method. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, incredible. actually, yeah, actually the, the, in, the, in this school, they have uh, acting for executives. That's incredible. I can, I can give them a list of prospects. It's a mile long. <laughs> yeah. And what it does, it gives, it gives people the way to connect. So yeah. uh, it, it strengthens your, your connection abilities, right? Because it teaches you to connect with people on visceral level. And that's right. often needed for sales, for executives, for connections, for communications, for conversations, etc. I don't know how people can live without um, expressing their deepest vulnerabilities and connecting through that with other people. I mean, to me, vulnerability is a strength. If you have never seen Brene Brown's TED Talk on the power of vulnerability, it is the number two watched TED Talk in history um, of all TED Talks. And it's the core of, I think, transformational leadership. When you um, express your truest self, then you give permission to others to do the same, which is the whole purpose of this podcast. And you, my friend, have been an incredible guest. And now at the close of our podcast, I feel like friend. Um, so you aren't just a guest on my podcast. You're someone I, I would love to go have a glass of wine with. I mean, you're fascinating. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. And well, Anna, uh, I if people want to reach you, how do they do that? You can reach me through LinkedIn at Anna Borich, so A-N-A-B-O-R-I-C-H. And I also have uh, an Instagram under the same name where I post a little bit of my acting and modeling shots as well as quotes and, and things that I learned on my journey. So you can reach me there as well. That is awesome. And so folks, you know that I'll put all this contact info in the blog that I write. Um, but for those of you who choose only to listen to the podcast, that's why I asked the guests to share how they can um, be reached. So Anna, you are fantastic. I'm going to have to give a, a big shout out again to Nada Marriott for connecting <laughs> us. Um, you know, when you're a five-star human being, you attract other five-star human beings. And I'm so glad that 
um, you know, to have Nada in my life and that she connected the two of us because you're one incredible woman. Thank you very much, Susan, for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure to meet you. And I can't wait to see <laughs> how our relationships built from, built from here. Um, I love your mission thanks. and I thank you for what, all that you do. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. All right, folks, have a great day and thanks for listening. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.